3: Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
4: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour three on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danette's Dan at Stan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Stay a while. Talk some baseball coming up. Baseball. The storylines have shifted to the West Coast. When you think about it, Dodgers Padres is the new Red Sox Yankees when it comes to rivalry. The Giants are tied with the Dodgers. Now, the Angels have maybe the most talked about, or maybe the second or third most talked about player in the game right now, and Shohei Otani. They may still have the best player in the game, Mike Trout, who's batting 426 right now. Otani is leading in home runs right now in the American League, and he's also pitching and pitching well after coming back from Tommy John surgery. The Dodgers are great, aside for their bullpen. Padres are entertaining, and it feels like baseball storylines are pretty much on the West Coast. Rick Sutcliffe, former uh, Cy Young winner, former Dodger, he uh, does Cubs games. He'll join us coming up a little bit. We'll talk about the seven-inning nearly no-hitter by Madison Baumgartner. I'm not even sure, because it's a complete game. It's a seven inning complete game, but not a no hitter. So we'll talk to uh, Sutcliffe about that. And also, you know, his thoughts on the Tatis Trevor Bauer rivalry within a rivalry. So he'll join us coming up a little bit. Phone calls 877 3DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. That's a uh, download the app you can watch for free. And also our great radio affiliates around the country. Say good morning to Chat Row as well. Tim Kawakami has been around San Francisco as a reporter, columnist for a long, long time. And uh, he had a tweet this morning. And he he, uh, writes for The Athletic. He says, Kyle Shanahan would never, ever, 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 ever take Lamar Jackson. He thinks Drew Brees is ideal. So he says you want someone like Brees. And if he could run like Lamar, that'd be great. Guess who Kyle Shanahan is taking? the guy who's like Drew Brees. And this is what I've said from the outset. Just the information I got was that he was locking in on Mac Jones. Now, everybody looks at athleticism. You're watching Justin Fields with a 4-4, four, 40-yard four, dash, throws a great deep ball. You're looking at uh, Trey Lance, that could have been a starter, major college as a linebacker, or defensive back, and here he is as a quarterback. Uh, had a perfect season for North Dakota State two years ago. Didn't throw an interception. They won the national title. And you're trying to handicap this with these three quarterbacks because Kyle or uh, Zach Wilson is going to be off the board and Trevor Lawrence is going to be off the board. So the Niners moving up and you're moving up. And my source at the time said it's Mac Jones. And the only question is, Did you have to give up that much to go up and get Mac Jones? Like, that was the big question. And at the time, my source said, just so you know, there's at least one person in the building who is trying to get Trey Lance in the conversation. So this is almost a month ago that I got this information. And it hasn't changed. Now people started to finally, you know, realize that this is what's going to happen leading up to the draft. Back when I brought it up, Everybody's like, oh, there's so much time here, and they're going to work out Justin Fields and Trey Lance. You know, maybe they take somebody else. Kyle Shanahan, I think, since he can't play the position, has somebody who, if he could play the position, would play it the way he would. And he programs them. That's almost like he's, he's created his quarterback. And that's the quarterback that he wants to coach. You know, Kyle feels strongly that, hey, here's the game plan. I'm going to give you two things to worry about when you get to the line of scrimmage. That's all. That's all you have to do. You know, don't have to improvise. Don't, you know, keep a play alive, you know, have some athleticism, but if you run my plays, my system, my offense, I've made every quarterback who I've worked with successful. You don't need to run. You just need to run my plays. And that's why Mac Jones has been the, been the quarterback. And I, and I don't think he's wavered off of that. I do think that maybe John Lynch looks at Trey Lance and says, maybe there's a higher ceiling there. This is a team that's ready to win now. I mean, they're first, two first downs away from winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. If they had won that Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, would we be in this situation right now? If the Rams had won the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, would we be in this situation right now with Matthew Stafford? And I wonder that. It's what have you done for me lately? And Jimmy Garoppolo has not stayed healthy. Therefore, they're moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going to happen, from what I'm told, uh, is you're going to have teams trying to get one of these quarterbacks. And if they don't, that's when you might see something that's after the first round or after the draft itself where Jimmy Garoppolo is traded. Now, you might say, boy, he's a great insurance policy. Okay. I mean, I don't want to pay my insurance policy $25 million because I don't think he's capable of doing what Nick Foles did for the Eagles in leading them to a Super Bowl. Um, Now, he might be the quarterback on the team, but I don't think he's capable of leading. And Nick Foles won that Super Bowl with his arm. Yeah, McLevin.
2: But, I mean, it was really defense that got them to the Super Bowl. like And the running and defense, like, Mac Jones is a passing guy. So did you think Shanahan said that formula that got us to the Super Bowl is not enough, we need something more?
4: Well, you just want somebody who's not going to make mistakes. And they do make good draft picks. You know, I mean, Bosa was a no-brainer, but they found Fred Warner. Uh, Kittle was, I think, a fourth-round draft pick. They've, they've made good decisions. You got Trent Brown in there. That's a team that's ready to compete right now to go back to a Super Bowl. This is another tweet from uh, Tim Kawakami. Why would Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch put themselves and the fan base through this, them defending the premise of Jones and the fan base going insane for a month, if they weren't intending to pick Jones? This isn't a smokescreen. There's no point. Okay, but you still, if you know who you're taking, then why did you do the pro days, go to both Trey Lance Pro Days, and both Justin Fields Pro Days, if you know who you're taking. So I would take exception to what Tim is tweeting there because you guys conducted both of those workouts with Justin Fields and Trey Lance. If you have your guy, there's no need. Like, what are you seeing in a Pro Day? Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's personality. Maybe it's what you do when... Here's another thing that these coaches try to trick the, uh, the draft picks. like They want to they know, especially a quarterback, they want to know what your recall is. And if they bring up something, and then they may go back and then bring up something and see if you remember it. And from what I'm told, Zach Wilson was off the charts. They would go in a great way. They were like, uh, hey, the call against uh, Coastal Carolina, third and five, uh, third quarter, boom. And he had the recall on that. So there's, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. And just trying to get to this point. But if they've locked in on Mac Jones, and that's who Kyle Shanahan wants, like I applaud somebody who knows who they want. Because if it works out, he's a genius. If it doesn't, we're going to go, yeah, remember Kyle Shanahan? Remember when he traded up to get that guy Mac Jones? So, I mean, he's the 28-3 to 3 guy as well. But this is, you know, the stakes are high because how good your team is. You know, the Jets, we won't know about Zach Wilson for a while. But Mac Jones is going to have to be able to prove himself right away. Can you play? And everybody in the West is good. The NFC West, they're all good. Yeah, Paul.
5: I, I kinda like the Rams strategy better. The Rams have a roster that's built to win and compete now. I know there's a bunch of good teams out there in the West. The Niners also have a, a roster that's built to win now, Especially on defense. And they're gonna start over at quarterback. Like Matthew Stafford, though he's not a superstar as as far as like, you know, he's not Tom Brady, he's prepared to win now. He doesn't need there's no learning curve with Matthew Stafford. The Rams seem like a better strategy. Not as, you know, media friendly, but you know.
4: Yeah, but that's that's now they they did something in the now. The Niners are trying to win now with drafting their future as well, and that's a unbelievable flaw. I mean, if you're able to pull that off, you're so far ahead of you know your counterparts in the West because now I got my guy on a rookie contract. Now I can start to fill out that roster again, and I can keep guys when their contracts come up. So I would rather. It, you know, trusting the Niners' blueprint that I draft my quarterback, I got him for the next five years at a bargain. Whereas the Rams, and I guess you could say Matthew Stafford at $25 million or whatever it is, is a bargain in today's NFL. But you're trying to win now. Like, your window's the next two years with Matthew Stafford. Maybe three. But he's never won a big game. And now he's going to have to win not just regular season games. He's got to win
2: postseason games. Yeah, McLovin. That could be a tough division. Uh, because you got the Rams and the Niners and the Seahawks. Unless you think the Seahawks are ready to fall off and the Cardinals. No, I think
4: the Seahawks did a pretty good job. But this is make or break year for Russell Wilson in this team. Like I, I doubt that he'll be on the team next year. But they did bring in some offensive linemen. I want to know what Arizona does. We don't know what's happening with Larry Fitzgerald but are they going to go after a wide receiver?
2: They got A.J. Green quietly a couple weeks ago, but you never know if he'll be healthy for them. You never know if he'll even, you're right, they definitely could get another receiver. But
4: if you could get Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle out of Alabama at that point, I mean, I'm guessing that they know what's going to happen with Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I I would imagine going into the draft, or you have to know by the draft, you know, you got to say to Larry, let us know, because, you know, that's going to change our plans here. All right, uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Chris Sims has his mock draft. Uh, it's a little wild. Um, he's got Mac Jones going to San Francisco. and Now, keep this in mind. Kyle Shanahan and Chris Sims are great friends. They have matching tattoos. I know Kyle Shanahan says that he doesn't talk to Chris Sims. Maybe he texts with Chris Sims. Maybe he doesn't talk. Maybe he texts with Chris Sims. Because Chris Sims has been on Mac Jones from the beginning. Uh, he's got Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. Jamar Chase going to the Bengals. Devontae Smith to Miami. He's got Washington trading up to the eighth spot with Carolina to take Trey Lance. Uh, the Cowboys going defense. Patrick Sertent, which they need to do. Yeah, uh, New England moving up to take Jalen Waddle. This is Chris Sims, but the big surprise was the team taking Justin Fields, according to Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> the number thirty-two pick overall. Okay, I got. I don't know. Maybe Sims is knows something there. He's usually pretty good at ranking these quarterbacks in order. Um,
2: what else do we have here that I need to mention?
4: We got the poll question, McLovin.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Was Was Kyle Shannon too smart for his own good? Now it's like eighty percent yes.
4: <laughs> I just don't think he had to give up as much to go up there and get Mac. I don't know who covets Mac Jones the way the Niners do. That That was my only concern with this, and, and that's only and, and that's based off of the reaction of somebody who is scouting in this draft. They're the ones who said. Did you need to give up that much to go get Mac
2: Jones? Who
4: are you competing with? Yeah, Mc- uh, You see
2: the Patriots name with Mac Jones once in a while. At least you did a month ago. At
4: 15. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like Patriots moving up. Got to have Mac Jones. It's like, hey, if he falls there, we'll take him or Justin Fields. That doesn't sound like, uh-oh, we got to go up and get this guy.
2: That's like a Saban, his best friends with Belichick. Yeah. Is that the connection there? Yeah, I And guess. Shanahan's in that circle probably too. I guess. I guess. Yes, Seton. It feels like the Patriots are always floated as the
6: rumor that people are interested in just to raise the, oh, wait, Bill likes them? Okay. We better take this seriously. Yeah, but you can't disprove it. Right. Because nobody has any information
4: on the Patriots. So you can say whatever you want. You know what I'm hearing? The Patriots? Patriots
2: might like.
4: They might like Kyle Pitts. They also might not. (laughs)
2: Uh, But if the Patriots like a wide receiver, steer clear of that guy.
4: Yeah, it probably
5: won't go well there. Yes, Paulie. but your Patriots report has to couch everything. Patriots open to trading up in the draft, though some people could see them trading down. My sources say they're going to stay right where they are. Back to you in the studio, Mike. All right. Then you're covered. Yeah. You got to cover it. It's a bombshell
4: report on the Patriots. But there are up certain teams that are always going to be brought up because people care about them. Uh, you know, what are the Steelers doing? Are they going to take Najee Harris, the running back of Alabama? What, uh, Patriots, what are they going to do? Cowboys, what are they going to do? Like, those are the teams that always come up because that's where you get clicks. Like, the Cowboys haven't done anything in 20 years. But they get more attention than any average team in all of sports. It's about the Cowboys. got to talk about the Cowboys. Oh, did you hear Jerry? Jerry loves Kyle Pitts. So what? Jerry loved Jer- uh, Johnny Manziel until somebody talked him out of that. And Jerry falls in love... That doesn't. You love Kyle Pitts. Okay, what are you going to do? Nothing, I just love Kyle Pitts. He's a leader. Yes, McLeod.
2: Remember when he took that guard, Zach Martin, over yeah. Johnny Manziel, how out of character that was? Well, people
4: at the draft, well, I think somebody said to Jerry, no, no, we don't want Johnny Manziel. We're not taking Johnny Manziel.
2: Would Patrick Sertain be the boring pick that they should make this year? That yes. I and mean, you've been calling that since yeah. February. Yes, yes.
4: Yeah, you know, I think he'll be the first defensive player off the board.
5: Yes, Paulie, the guy we were talking about a little bit in here, who we're really interested in, is the running back from Clemson, Travis Etienne. Everyone knows him. He, he's kind of like a luxury item because you know, at the end of the draft, remember the Kansas City Chiefs took Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah,
4: it feels like the same kind of pick.
5: Yeah, because he could do a lot: return game, re- receiving. Yeah, He's fantastic. But we've gotten used to him. He's been around a, college football for a long time, Etienne. But if you were, you know, if he somehow was available for a team like Tampa Bay or a team like Baltimore who has a, they both have offenses already, but can you imagine that's the kind of team that could, it's worth the risk, even though you don't like paying running backs first round salary.
4: Yeah, you don't want to, and Pittsburgh may take, you know, running back, but I would shore up that offensive line. You got to build from inside out. There's no team that's had success in the NFL, at least in recent history, in my mind, that you start from the outside in, and that's your skill position guys in. Now, you have to have your quarterback, but I, I have to have an offensive line. Look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did. They bolstered the offensive line because of what happened in the Super Bowl. Now, they're probably the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Yeah, McClellan.
2: I like what you said about how a running back can be like a safety blanket for a quarterback, help him get some completions. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo's been linked to ETN if he falls there because they don't have any running back. I know Josh Allen can do whatever he wants anyway, but isn't it nice for a quarterback to have a guy you can really trust in that spot? Oh, it's
4: that, See, that's why when the Giants took Saquon Barkley, I thought, okay, they think they can win a Super Bowl. Now, they had Eli, but Eli you know, was going to need help there. And I thought, if Saquon Barkley does what we think he's going to do, which I think by all accounts he did the first year, nobody else did. They spent all that money on defense, and the defense was terrible. But I don't know, like nobody has mentioned Saquon Barkley. I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know what role he's going to play. I don't know if it matters with the Giants. But, you know, that running back, I mean, he may be the last running back taken in the top five in a long, long time. Because I'm trying to think what kind of running back could, could emerge where you go, oh my God, he's a game changer. Like Leonard Fournette went four overall. And we thought he was a game changer, but he wasn't. But I, I don't know if you're going to have a
2: running back taken in the top five, top ten, anytime soon. Yeah, McLeod. Christian McCaffrey has been amazing, but I don't know that he would even go as high as was he eight or something. Yeah, eight. Like that? I
4: don't. I don't know if you had him redrafted, is he a top ten pick? And I don't know if he is. But we see the importance of of him to that offense there. But I don't, I don't know if he's a top ten pick.
5: Yeah, uh, Paulie? If you look just at the 17 draft, Fournette was taken with the fourth pick overall. You could have had Dalvin Cook in round two, Joe Mixon in round two, Mm. Alvin Kamara in round three, Kareem Hunt in round three, James Conner in round three. Those guys have had better careers, or equal to or better careers, and they're dirt cheap. Yeah. All
4: right, we'll take a break. Yeah, McLovin, you have something to say?
5: I, I... Against the grain
2: theory, oh, I could save it.
4: Well, you, well, you can give it to us then. We'll Although, don't you know,
2: the same thing's been happening with wide receivers. It feels like the second, the later wide receivers are just as good as early wide receivers. So maybe you don't have to take them either for the same exact reason we just said for running backs.
4: Yeah, is that the against the grain? Yeah, just oh, like okay. why would you
2: take Devontae Smith at number? You do not even
4: get music. You no, I don't that. need
2: oh. it for that. But like, why would you take Waddle or Smith at six when you can get Justin don't Jefferson? You, at don't you? Don't you have an over under? Yes, I do have some against the grain over unders, by the way.
4: All right, let me let me take a break. We'll get to that coming up.
2: So, what what are your over unders for the draft? I could just tell you, name a player like Trey Lance. What is the over under and where he will go, and you can opine. Oh, prop bets. Yeah, the prop bets. Oh, okay. All right, we'll take a break.
4: More phone calls coming up. It's twenty one after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Rock Otto rockauto all the parts your car or truck will ever need rockauto.com family business founded by automotive engineers in 1999 two goals in mind first giving you direct access to all that information that's hidden in the computers and catalogs behind the parts store counter so we never get to go back there and find out when they start to go into the computer or those books back there and second they want to make the parts affordable they offer reliably low prices rockauto.com has the correct parts for both old and new cars because, Todd, you can't just pour 10W30 oil into just about every engine you, you can't like. can't do that. No. That's why Todd bought a new car, so he didn't have to worry about those things. Amazing. RockAuto.com has specific oil, transmission, fluid, antifreeze, and other chemicals your car must have. You're not going to waste time and money hunting for the parts, phoning, driving, waiting in lines. You go to RockAuto.com today. Make sure you tell them we sent you. Write Dan Patrick in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know we sent you all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Uh rush. Paulie's favorite. Your your wife didn't come down to the aisle to rush, did
5: she? Nah, she's uh it's okay that she's not with it. Yeah. I, I never really tried. Girls, you know, it, rush is not gonna get you women. If you if you've ever been to a rush concert, there's eight women in the whole place. <laughs> there's twenty thousand dudes with jean jackets and I rocks and, and mullets, but you're not meeting women.
4: That sounds like Rick Sutcliffe there. (laughs) But Sut's not a Rush fan. Probably country. I'm going to guess country. He knows a lot of people. Rick Sutcliffe, who uh, calls the uh, Cubs games, used to be with ESPN a long time and uh, former pitcher uh, Cy Young winner. And uh, Rick Sutcliffe joining us on the program. Sut, how are you this morning?
8: Well, Dan, I got to be honest. um, After the big golf tournament went over the weekend, um, my legal name has been changed to Rick Putcliffe. Oh, Okay. Congratulations. Uh, who did you take down in the golf event here, Putcliffe?: Well, that was a couple's event, and um, you've seen my swing. You've seen my game. It, you know, I, obviously, it's all about my partner, and uh, my, my wife carried us, and uh, the two songs that I picked for our wedding that carried her down the aisle um, were both by Elvis, um, the Hawaiian wedding song, and Can't Help Falling In Love With You. Did you cry? Well, I I was worried she wasn't going to say I do when she heard the songs that I.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Did you cry when she walked down the aisle? Did you cry during the ceremony?
8: Uh, No, I cried. You know what? I was I was bawling like a baby when our daughter got married. And I I know you can relate to that. Yep. Um, Yeah. No, I was I, I think I was pretty hungover. Uh, during the ceremony, as <laughs> as I was yesterday when uh, I wasn't able to join you guys. Oh,
4: that's why you didn't join us. Yeah, because I said I said to Fritzy, I said uh, reach out to Sutcliffe, see if he wants to join us. I didn't know which days you you were drinking and which ways, days you weren't. So that's <laughs> that's our mistake there.
8: Um, yeah, it, it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are, are no <laughs> alcohol because uh, we we play the role of grandpa the first three days of the week.
4: All right, the seven-inning complete game, but not no-hitter by Madison Baumgartner. Um, Is this good for baseball that they're not going to recognize it? Should they recognize it as a no-hitter?
8: Yes. Um, I I, I think it was terrific for baseball last year with everything that was going on, just trying to get the games in, uh, trying not to hurt people, particularly extending the starters and overusing the bullpen um and as long as they kept it the same this year Dan, it has to be and and if they take that away from him i mean if they give him a no-hitter who's that you think nolan ryan's gonna get mad <laughs> no i mean the only guy that's gonna hurt is him and the fans that were there that had the opportunity to experience it and then you know how i feel um you, you know i think the record book is in my opinion kind of a joke anyway um, the record for all-time home runs is 755. The single-season record is 61. There's a lot of things in there that shouldn't be there. I-, I just don't think this no-hitter is one that should be taken away.
4: Yeah, I just wondered about that because it's it's one thing for us to say because we didn't play the game at that high of a level, but I don't know if Bumgardner cares. I mean, knowing him, he probably doesn't care, first of all, Rick. He,
8: d- he right? doesn't. We know that. Yeah. <laughs>
4: So, when it comes to, uh, hey, it's a no-hitter, you can't call it a complete game, but you can't call it a no-hitter. Like, it is it a complete game? Well, what is a complete game? What's well, a seven-inning complete game? Well, then it's a seven-inning no-hitter that's a complete game. Yeah. So, I know we get caught up in semantics there, but, you know, these new baseball rules, at least baseball is staying in the conversation. The, the NFL always stays in the conversation because of new rule changes. And I think with baseball... I don't know if it's progress, but it is dialogue. And I think that that's important for people to talk about baseball. You know, it's your livelihood, but you know, you're competing. It's, it's tough sledding with, uh, trying to compete with football, the NBA playoffs coming up and, you know, baseball sort of, you know, hangs there in the on deck circle.
8: You're exactly right, Dan. I mean, you're, you're looking to add that excitement and now you're saying by rule, you're going to take it away. Um, the funny part about it, as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, it barely qualifies for a quality start. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just got one inning more than what that is. And a couple of years ago, um, we were in L.A., uh, Luke Shambi and I, and we were blessed. Um, Jackie Rob- uh, uh Rachel Robinson threw out the first pitch, Sandy Koufax escorted her. And when they came in, um, Sandy, I had known since I was an 18-year-old kid uh, back in Vero Beach. He was kind enough to come in and sit down with us. And Dan, I I, I asked him, you know, we we're talking Clayton Kershaw was on the mound and about the comparison and everything, but I asked him about a quality start with six innings and, and three earned runs or less. And he goes, Rick, I always thought a quality start was at the end of the game when I shook the catcher's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Which he did so, quite a few times. He certainly did, yeah. But to your point, that's exactly how a lot of things have changed, and I just think we, we all need to evolve with it. I, Dan, I go back to, I think it's been so long, the 06 World Series, the one between, I had to be 08, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. And if you remember, um, the Phillies were about to win. It was hailing. It was cold. They, they needed to call the game, and they didn't want to because the Phillies had a one-run lead and they were going to be crown champions because the game had gone five innings. I'm doing the game with Gary Thorne on MLB International. We get word from Major League Baseball they changed the rule during the game. They said that we're not, we're not going to let it in this way. We're going to pick it up from here and continue. So, you know, these rules are constantly changing. Let Bum have his no-hitter, and, and to your point, he doesn't care anyway.
4: We're talking to Rick Sutcliffe, Cubs marquee sports network analyst. It feels like the rivalry has shifted to the West Coast with Dodgers-Padres. That's the new Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, you got the Dodgers playing well. you got Shohei Otani with uh, the Angels playing well. Mike Trout batting 426. Giants tied for first place with the Dodgers. Feels like baseball is alive and well on the West Coast.
8: Well, as you know, Dan, I've been here in San Diego um, since spring training got shut down in the middle of March last year uh getting on the first plane this weekend to fly back to Chicago to do some games from Wrigley Field uh feeling the excitement um here with the San Diego Padres uh Fernando Tatis Jr a guy you just can't take your eye off of people talk about Manny Machado helping Tatis I think it's the other way around I I think that Machado knows Tatis is watching everything he does and because of that he's even taking his game to to another level um It's exciting. Um, You know, it's just that I'm so glad more than anything. I did on ESPN Radio, I did the division series between the Cardinals and the Padres. It was here. They played it at Petco. The Padres came back to win game two and game three. The excitement in the city was amazing. But if that ballpark could have been packed, the the, 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 the the excitement that Tatis Jr. brings to a game and what's going on with this team, that's the exciting part. You know, with all the good things going on right now, we the game's just not the same without fans. And hopefully, slowly but surely, we're going we're gonna to get them all back.
4: Okay. Now, I know that there's old school and, you know, in your era and when you pitched. If Tatis did what he did to Trevor Bauer and he did that to you, how would you have reacted?
8: <laughs> I'll give you a story, 1983 or four, Reggie Jackson takes me deep. And he does something like that. And I mean, I literally looked at him all the way around, the, <laughs> the, the, the you know, the diamond as he strolled. And as I came in, Burt Blylevin comes up and he goes, what's wrong? And I go, I'm going to kill him. I go, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to hit him right in the mouth. Anyway, he let me go an inning because Reggie wasn't coming up. And then Burt came to me in the dugout and he goes, let me tell you something. He's gotten me four or five times. He's hit over 500 home runs. He's <laughs> earned the right to do whatever he wants. And you know, I, I'm going to tell you, and it's really your fault because you're the reason I feel like that. ESPN hired me. Um, you remember opening day? I'm sitting in the bleachers. Sandberg came back, and you started Sports Center with two former Cubs returned to Wrigley. <laughs> you show Sandberg getting a base hit. And you show me in the bullpen with a beer about <laughs> this big, chugging it down. And because you said it, ESPN go, well, let's bring him in. Then you, then you told the story about Grandpa's tie, which I will, for the rest of my life, trying to repay you for being able to mention that. But I, I just, um, I forgot your question now. <laughs> but, but would you, would you throw,
4: are you, you're not drinking right now, right? I'm not. I got a little coffee cup. Oh, on okay. Right now. All right. I Just want to make sure. Um, if 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 Tatis did that to you, you would probably pop him. But yeah, but I Bauer though, Bauer said, hey, look, yeah. I get it, man. I, I, I celebrate. Yeah. He celebrates. It it feels like you need a, a whole younger generation to embrace this, not worried about old school. Remember when when Ken Griffey Jr. had his hat on backwards and people The old school, they were like, (laughs) they were like, turn your hat around, you know, know. right? Like we've come a long way since that. But I just wonder if that kind of celebration can continue. Will pitchers allow that to happen?
8: Well, then to your point and and to to go back to me saying it was your fault, it, it, it all started with ESPN. And I had to adjust because of what SportsCenter was doing. When we when you would start Sports Center, you would start off with somebody hitting a home run and doing. We're we're hoping to see tattoos, and Major League Baseball has to be hoping for that. To, to bring the young kids to get more. I've got my eight-year-old grandson playing baseball now. They're having a ball. We need more and more of that. But I really think all of those theatrics and everything that goes on with a home run now. The Sports Center starred all of that. Yeah. And baseball needs the attention because we know what's going on with with, with kids in basketball and football. Um we've we got to bring a lot more of that our way in any way that we can. What would you do with Shohei Ohtani? I, I think for him to be elite, it, it, it comes down to him being on the mound. I, I think that it's more important for him to be a number one or number two to the Angels than it is for him to to hit in that lineup. Um, th- th- this is a special thing and, and and I I'll be honest with you up until this first month of the season I, I thought he was just okay as a hitter I thought what made him elite was was as a pitcher it's it's not that way this guy can fly around the basis I mean he's just a he's a super talent that I, I I just think you have to take care of him as a pitcher first and when you can use his bat in the lineup or pinch it with him or whatever that's fine but um I just think it's special what he does out there on the mound, and that more than anything to me is what the Angels need.
4: Yeah, I just wonder that is it's going to be sort of half in and half out. It's like Bo Jackson when Bo played baseball and football, and you wondered if he committed to one, you know, would he have been a Hall of Famer? And I wonder that with Otani, if you just said, "Look, just concentrate on pitching," and you know, or just concentrate on hitting. Yeah. I just wonder, try to do both. If he's going to be able to do that, and will and will reach his full potential,
8: I think he's got the perfect guy making those decisions in Joe Madden. Um, Joe's such a great communicator. I know you've had him on the show. Um, you learn something every single time you're around him, and I'm sure that 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 conversation with with Otani it goes on daily. You know where are you at? How are you feeling? Um, everything is penciled in, other than every fifth day uh, on what his schedule is going to be.
4: It's great to talk to you, Sut. Uh, safe travels there, and uh, have fun. You got Cubs and the Dodgers coming up in in uh, May, right? That's... We do
8: next week. Yeah, please come see us at Wrigley this year if you can. Mm. Can you give me good seats? You know what? Hey, and I, I can get you great seats. And uh, you know, Gracie's going to be there. I'm working with him. I got a question for you. Okay. You know that Gracie hit, or you know that um, you know that David Ross hit his last home run in Game 7 of the World Series, right? Yeah. All right, without going to Todd or somebody on your computer, Hmm. tell me who David Ross hit his first home run off of. They're in your ear right now. I know. You didn't know No, No, nobody. nobody, nobody, Don't help him. Don't help him. Who uh, gave up
4: his first home run?
8: A left-hander for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Not Randy Johnson.
4: Okay. Uh, Madison Bumgarner. Mark Grace. <laughs> so he came David in an emergency Ross.
8: pitcher? <laughs> David Ross hit his first home oh run my God. off of Mark Grace. We were there doing the game. And just real quick, Daniel Gracie looked to me in the booth, and he goes, what do I do? <laughs> I called the pitches for the first two guys. I knew him. The third guy come up, David Ross, I'd never heard of him. I looked to Gracie, and I go, curveball, and he voices <laughs> to me on ESPN. He goes, I don't have one. <laughs> Wait, so you're, oh. you're in the booth and Gracie's I'm on the mound? Booth. I'm in the booth. I, I, I'm tell- hey, you know I can embellish, but this is 1,000% the truth here, buddy. Oh. I miss you, pal.
4: Hey, great to see you, Sut, and uh, thanks for joining us. Anytime. That's Rick Sutcliffe. He uh, does the Cubs games for Marquee Sports Network. And he's got next up will be Dodgers at the Cubs. Take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff,
1: and I host the 3 and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the Three and Out podcast with me, John Middlecom, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated
0: card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
7: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that, but there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments
3: Terms and conditions apply.
4: I know the Angels have Shohei Ohtani, and he's a fabulous talent. You have Mike Trout, who's batting 426. I still look back on the Albert Pujols deal. In the first 10 seasons with the Cardinals, three MVPs, he was in the top five for MVP 10 times, nine All-Stars, six seasons with 40 or more home runs. He hit 445 home runs over 10 seasons, batting average three hundred twenty eight. And they paid him $95 million. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer by the age of 30. In the 10 seasons with the Angels, zero MVPs, top five MVPs, zero times, one all star game, one season, 40 or more homers. He's hit 222 home runs in those 10 seasons, batting average 256, and they paid him $250 million. Stat of the day, stat of the day, da, da. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what stat of the day. Pop. I remember when the Angels signed him and people thought the reaction, we were on the uh, doing the show, the reaction was, what are the Cardinals thinking? And at the time, I believe I said, you got the 10 best years of his career and you got a bargain for him." And now the Angels had to overpay to get him. I don't know who else they were competing with to get Albert Pujols. But I said the only way that you validate this deal is that you win a you win a World Series, and you know that's not that hasn't happened. But Albert Pujols is one of the great players of all time. But that's one of those first ten years, last ten years, big difference between those two, and that's why you get these contracts. And when you lock somebody in, you say, oh. We got him locked in for twelve years. Well, you might look at that as a positive. I look at it as a negative. I don't. I don't. I want you to keep proving yourself because you get locked in, and it just whether it's conscious or subconscious. I, I don't. I just don't know if you're as hungry proving yourself because hey, I got my salary. I, I you know guaranteed. You know, so I that would concern me. Not that Pooh you know kind of mailed it in. I just think that you know he wore down.
5: I mean, those are 10
4: incredible years. Yeah, Paulie.
5: It seems like the new mentality is give them the big contract earlier. So you get their prime years. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. I think he's 22 years old. Yeah. And he's got a 14-year deal. He'll be 36 when it ends. That's at least reasonable. It's not 41.
4: Yeah, I just don't want to give it to you when you get to 30 and I'm giving you a 10-year deal. Then that's not going to turn out well for anybody. Uh, This day in sports history, Paulie, what do you have?
5: It's kind of a light one, so I'm going to go this day in NFL draft history. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 27, 2017, the Chicago Bears trade up to get the number two pick in the draft. They could have any quarterback on the entire board. It's theirs to choose from. Mm-hmm. They go Mitch Shabrisky, and a couple of picks later, Kansas City Chiefs trade up to get Patrick Mahomes in the 10th spot. Houston Texans get Deshaun Watson in a trade at the 12th spot.
4: Okay,
2: That's this day in
5: draft
4: That's history. this day in draft
2: history. Final results of the poll question, McLevin. Kyle Shanahan, too smart. 74% say yes.
4: James in Texas joins us on the program. James, what's on your mind today?
0: Hey, Dan. How you doing? Good, sir. Good. Uh, Okay. I think I've cracked it. All right? Okay. Uh, Mac Jones is a confusing third overall pick in the draft. And the draft is all about misdirection, right? So... What if San Francisco is blowing all this smoke up about Mac Jones to make the Jets rethink drafting Zach Wilson, and the Jets are like Kyle Shanahan is this genius. Do they see something we don't? And then the Jets draft Mac Jones, and San Francisco gets the guy that really wanted <laughs> <in> Zach Wilson. How <laughs> about that?
4: All right. Well, thank you, James. Uh, I don't think that's
2: happening, but thank you for suggesting that. Uh, you got some prop bets, the over-unders here, McLevin? Okay, real quick. What's your gut reaction on these? Jamar Chase? Over, under, five and a half. Meaning, will he go five or six? Bengals sit at five.
4: I'm going to go over.
2: Kyle Pitts, five and a half. Under. Uh, Trey Lance, five and a half. That's a big discussion. (laughs) Over. Uh, Devontae Smith, 11 and a half. Over. Micah Parsons, 13 and a half. The Penn State linebacker. Under. Jalen Waddell, 10 and a half.
4: I'm going to say over.
2: Bear. Okay, last one I'll give you is Alabama running back Najee Harris, 25 and a half. Seems like a pretty good, <laughs> that's a well-placed number. Well, because the Steelers are 24. Um,
4: I'll go over.
2: Okay. It. By the way, these, uh, these are changing every three hours in Vegas because of like draft reports or whatever. So like Pitts rose up recently, that kind of thing. Yeah, will have more tomorrow if you'd like. Okay, yeah, thank you. Yes, Paul.
5: I think Justin Fields a month ago was three and a half was the over-under. Yeah. Now it's eight and a half for where he's going to be drafted.
4: And of course, pies to the face depend on that. Up to
2: 24
5: potential <laughs> pies.
2: Can we, look, can we cap it at the end <laughs> of the first round on this bet with Seton tonight? <laughs>
4: Uh, it, it's it's up to Seaton. If he goes in, if he goes into the second round, then there has to be a bigger
6: punishment. I'm sorry, it's just too
2: delicious to watch
4: that <laughs> potentially
6: keep ticking.
2: Do I get it out if he shows up wearing like no. a Laramie Tunzel outfit the day right before the draft? <laughs> Todd, what did you learn today? Assuming he's still alive, you wonder if Jimmy Garoppolo will still be on the 49ers roster Sunday. McLovin? Eric Branch, our, our two guests, was the one who asked that cool question to Kyle Shanahan.
4: Seton O'Connor. Yeah, major celebrity Eric Branch joined us today.
5: Yeah. Who knew, Paulie? Somehow we're able to book star Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle.
4: <laughs> what we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, build equipped, engineered, get ready for anything. Go that extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Thanks for joining us today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Seton, Paulie, Fritzy McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show.